I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you guys here today. Just a quick word of forewarning. We have had some internet trouble here in the area, cell phone trouble and regular phone trouble. So if I disappear, it's the stuff going on with the interwebs. But regardless, we're going to try. We're going to try this. Um, great to have you. If, you. if you're watching this later and you see it, and it's like 25 to 30 minutes long, it means it's all good. No worries. Uh, <laughs> it makes me anxious. And the Bible says, be anxious about nothing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Paul, thanks for that. Because life is full of anxieties. Uh, and some of them are a lot more serious than the internet popping in and out on you. You know, I think you know what I'm talking about. We're going to, we're going to talk about some of that today, how to handle it, how to view it, maybe how to, uh, get a little relief from the anxiety and the worry in life. My guest today is named Crystal Ward, and she has a book that's out and doing very well. It's called Grace to Grow, and there's a couple of key words there. I mean, grace is a great-sounding word. We all need grace, but we also need to grow. I think the two go hand in hand. Crystal, great to have you on Life Today Live. Hi, Randy. Thank you so much for having me, and if I can, I'd love to just take a second and say thank you to you, to your family, honor you guys for a minute. I think I was doing some research on the show just so I could share it on my socials. And and it looks like you guys have been on air for over 30 years. Is that right? That's uh, well, in some form or another, longer than that. But with the interview style show since about 95, 96, I think. Yeah. And then this, right. is, this started, I started this just pre-COVID uh, to give myself something to do during COVID. I know I didn't know it was coming, but <laughs> we've been doing the online broadcast for three years now. Yeah, so I just I just wanted to say thank you for all that you've done for the kingdom of God and just to to encourage the Lord's people. So just honoring you and your family today. Well, and I and I do appreciate that. That that is very kind of you. Let's talk about uh, your book. Uh, and I, and I'm always curious when I talk to people who take the time to write a book because as I say, books don't write themselves. It's 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 a lot of hard work. Uh, and so you know where you put your efforts uh, where you put your ministry your heart sometimes even you know yourself out there in in print where it stays forever that's a big deal um what where did this come from for you you in other words why are you so crazy i know <laughs> you, no, 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 no. <laughs> no i mean when you take the the undertaking to write a book uh you do question your sanity a little bit mid-project <laughs> in there so uh, no, just uh, as you know, as we were talking earlier, just out of obedience, and uh, I, I just had a desire to put the things on paper that the Lord has helped me in my own life. If you see a book that has a title about, let's say, anxiety or resilience mm -hmm. or faith or whatever, it means that that author has been tried and tested in those areas and the Lord has helped them through some things. And so just a desire to hopefully produce something tangible that people can sit down with and can instill faith and courage in their souls and really move them closer to a more intimate vibrant relationship with the Lord. All right. Well, since you say it, 
uh, before we talk about the grace and the growth, what what's your anxiety or has been in the past? Yeah, well, a whole lot, really. <laughs> and um, I'm sure, you know, we uh, would talk about this at some point in time, but the very first, uh, so the book is a devotional. It's 40 devotions to release anxiety and dive into purpose. And my premise is that our purpose here on earth we feel like our purpose is a whole lot of things, but my premise is that our purpose is actually one thing, which is intimacy with Jesus. And when we're in a place of fear and anxiety, you know, scripture says, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And that is exactly what fear and anxiety does. It steals, it steals our joy. It steals our peace. It kills. It kills the abundant life that God desires desires for us to live in, and it destroys. And so, um, I have experienced that for most most of my life. But in the first devotion in the book, I talk about an experience that I had with our youngest son. So I'm married to BJ Ward. We've been married for a lot of years. I think uh, about 19 now. <laughs> you better get that right. <laughs> you messed that up on camera. That's what you're not supposed to do. And uh, we have three kids, uh, Abby, Emma, and Evan. And Evan is now seven. But when he was four months old, so if you imagine a four-month-old is not a lot different than a, a newborn. Mm -hmm. He had a reaction to some medication that caused him to have conservatively over 70 seizures in 30 days. Oh, no. And and it was it was so such a trying time for me that uh, I honestly didn't even speak about it publicly for years mm. after it took place. And, you know, the the event was for lack of a better word, awful, yeah. you know, um, but. I'm sure, I'm sure that it did cause anxiety, but I think a lot of it uncovered fear and anxiety that I already struggled with. And so after that, I can, I struggled with anxiety to such an extreme that I could only describe it as something like PTSD. Yeah. And uh, it took me years, even though Evan uh, really struggled for only 30 days it took me years to recover from that one month and the book is really a process of the what the lord brought me through and helping me to overcome that anxiety and and i still revisit it from day you know from time to time but um help me to overcome that and move closer to him i'm 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 guessing i mean as a parent i i know how helpless it is when one of your kids is sick and when they're going through something like that it it is terrifying. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Um, every time something happened later, if he got sick or maybe he was out of your sight, did you feel that anxiety creeping up? Is that what it did? Yeah. I, I felt like every time, you know, he had seizures in the car, he had seizures. It was mostly when he was coming up from sleep, which for a four month old is a lot. Mm -hmm. And so um, every time I would look in the rearview mirror in the car for years, I thought that he, I would see him having a seizure. He wasn't, mm -hmm. but, or mm -hmm. when I would pick up, I would pick up the the baby monitor. I, I, I lived with that baby monitor yeah. for a long time uh, attached to me. And, you know, there was a moment where I felt like breakthrough really came for me. And when I tell this part of the story, it always sounds, I think, more victorious than it really was in the moment. So, so as I'm telling it, kind of picture this, not really from a place of victory, but really a place of desperation. 
uh, whenever he was still having these seizures, there was a day where it was a Sunday and my husband had taken the girls to church and I had stayed home with Evan and he was sleeping in my lap. I, I didn't really want to lay him down. I didn't want to put him down because of these uh, issues that we had been having. And I recognized as he was coming up out of sleep, the signs of another seizure coming. Now, since it was Sunday, I had had worship music playing constantly that morning and really just trying to be okay, just trying to get a grip in my mind. And I remember in that moment, another seizure coming and I made a decision. You know, I had been freaking out when every seizure would come four and five a day, a lot of the times. But in this moment, I remember thinking, no, actually I'm going to declare God's goodness and I'm going to worship. And so I remember as he started to have the seizure, I just started to sing out the song that was Mm -hmm. playing on the TV at the time. And I really felt like that gave me a lot of breakthrough that I have been looking for. And maybe if I can just touch on what does praise and worship do for us, it's it's in the book um, a little more extensively. But whenever we're struggling, if we will choose to praise the Lord and just declare who he is, that might be a song, but it might just be, no, Lord, you're good. And you will only do good, Psalm 119. And you just, you never leave me. You never forsake me. And we start to just praise him. What happens is, is our eyes shift from the problem to the problem solver. Mm -hmm. And when we're staring at the problem, understand, again, this sounds a lot more victorious than it really looked (laughs) like in the moment. But but when our eyes are on that problem, it magnifies. But if we can just shift our focus and say something kind of like this, yes, I'm struggling. Yes, I see these issues, but the Lord is helping me. By the time we had made it into a neurologist, which, you know, can take a century getting an appointment sometimes, um, the seizures had stopped. He is seven years old. He's healthy. He's obnoxious, like all seven-year-old boys are supposed to be uh, annoying his sisters. And and so I just want to encourage anybody that's watching today, if you feel like you're struggling, if you feel weighed down and heavy today, I encourage you to shift your eyes off of that and to begin to declare who God is and then watch that heaviness shake off as we put on praise. Very interesting point that you make. And and I want to, I want to point out something about what you're saying, which is that a lot of times we feel like, you know, when I get through these problems, then I'll be able to praise God. Or when I, when I get my stuff together, then I'll be able to pray better and that's backwards what what you're saying is that in the middle of the storm is when you made that declaration that praise and for other times it may be you know in the middle of the struggle when i feel the worst is when i'm going to pray when i want to hide from god that's when i'm instead going to turn to god or when i'm feel like i'm getting nothing out of scripture that's when i'm going to stick with it that's i think a key to to turning the corner with the various issues in our life is not waiting until we feel like we've got it sorted out or things are better, but doing it when things are at their worst. Yeah. How, Hmm. How did that change your paradigm maybe on 
how you saw yourself or how you saw God. Yeah, I I think that it's probably a um a shift over time, you know. It's not something that it's not something like I changed overnight mm-hmm. for sure. It was much more like climbing out of a pit and one step at a time over a period of time. But, you know, I think that a lot of the times one of the things that we struggle with when we're going through trials Uh, Maybe you can identify with this or anybody that's watching, you can drop it in the comments today. Sometimes I think that when we are going through something, I think we often attach it to maybe a misperception of who God is and that the Lord, maybe he's punishing me or maybe the Lord is not pleased with me right now. So he's withholding his goodness from me. And we actually get this uh, skewed shift of the nature and the character of the Lord. And I really think that Jesus is saying to us today, the same thing that he said thousands of years ago in Matthew 11, where he says, for all those who weary and who are heavy laden, he's saying, come to me and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. He says, for I am meek and I am gentle. You will find rest for your souls. And I love if you study those words a little bit and the breakdown of those words, uh, that word rest is really interesting. It is also refreshing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing when we're struggling, I think we feel like a lot of the times that our father in heaven is mad at us or he's disappointed in the way that we're handling the struggle. But Jesus says, no, son, daughter, come to me and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. And so we should run to him because he is the breath of life. He is the one that gives us what we need to continue. That's good. That's good. All right. We're talking to Crystal Ward. This is her book that's available now. It is called Grace to Grow. And, you know, I, I it's interesting we talk about, I was talking with uh, Addison Bevere recently, uh, and the idea of coming to the God's throne boldly with mercy and grace. And we need mercy for our past misdeeds, our past failings. We need grace for the mistakes we're going to make. Uh, but yet we think a lot of times that we we can't really come to God or that we're not going to grow or, you know, that we're anxious in our in our shortcomings. How do we get to a point where we get past the idea that grace is something we earn or that we deserve and and go, no, it, it's, it's because we can't earn it and we don't deserve it that makes it so special. Oh, my goodness. What a great question. Uh, where we are talking about Hebrews 4.16, where we can boldly approach the throne of grace. You know, I was just studying not too long ago. Uh, In the Old Testament, it talks about all these other gods that surrounded the nation of Israel, and they're always tempted to go and serve these other gods. And I was just doing some research on who these other gods, little g, uh, were at the time and what worship involved with those gods. And it struck me that the way that people served those gods was by doing. Mm -hmm. And they felt like 
if I sacrifice enough or if I do enough, then I will appease this little G God, which scripture actually shows us in multiple places are demons. And, and I will appease that God. And then hopefully that God will then bless me and give me favor on my crops or uh, produce heirs to, or for my family or whatever. And we actually, I think modern day still attach that sort of thinking to our God. But if you look cover to cover Genesis to Revelation, our God is the only relational God. He is the only God that constantly comes down in all of scripture. We see him coming down to be with his people. I think it's Psalm 116 that says, because you bend down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And if we could just get an understanding of the, the heart of our heavenly father, how he runs to his children and how he longs to be with us. And actually the idea of being able to earn that, like with as much love as I have in my heart is unscriptural. Mm -hmm. It's not biblical because it's not based on our life. It's based on the perfect life and sacrifice of Jesus, which is something we could never earn, only receive. Yeah. So if we could just take all of these paradigms off, all of these boxes that we have on our lives and just receive, mm -hmm. then it's there that we will find rest for our souls. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I know so many people that have grown up, especially in churches um, and, and some new Christians who just come in with, with some wrong ideas that once they realize you don't have to earn it because you can't, uh, it, there's a, there's a relief. It actually removes anxiety, you know? Uh, and then once you realize how great of a gift it is, you really, it, it, gratitude comes through, you know? And, and so even in the hard times you go, you know, it, I, I love to point to the, the guy, the uh, paralyzed guy that was lowered through the roof to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He's needing a physical, physical touch, obviously. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And everybody's like, you know, and of course the Pharisees, he has the power to forgive sins. And then the guy's probably thinking, that's not why I came here. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't walk. And Jesus said, okay, he healed him physically. And it, to me, that orients things. It says, you know, the, the greater thing is the forgiveness of sins. It's the eternal life that Jesus is worried about more than this temporary life, this vapor scripture calls it. And that gives me, that reduces a lot of anxiety when you sort of get an eternal perspective on things. And when you go, okay, you know, no matter what hardship I'm going through, my sins are forgiven. I am secure eternally in Christ, and that brings a hope. Uh, and it goes to, I think, what you talk about in the subtitle of your book. It, it allows you to kind of dive into your purpose because you quit worrying so much about these physical things or quit trying to earn things that you're never going to earn. You weren't meant to earn. You just receive, and you go, okay, what, what, God, I am anxious to know what your will is for my life and then to obey when you talk about diving into purpose, what are you, what are you getting out there? Yeah. And I mean, it really is that simple, right? We, how is it that the creation is more complicated than the Lord? Yeah. Now he's deep, but he's simple and we try to complicate the matter. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's actually not hard. 
And so um, it just reminds me of a story, I think, let's see, I believe this is Luke 10, if I remember right. And I think it's one that many of us can relate to, especially women and moms like me. And it's the story of Mary and Martha. And Jesus liked to visit their house a lot. I guess they were like friends with Jesus. It was just pretty neat to think about that. And so Jesus is coming to their house. And you have the contrast of these two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha is running around trying to do all of these things. And she's trying to prep this big extravagant meal for Jesus and his disciples, I guess, to try to impress him, which if we're being really honest, we would probably do too when he come to visit our house. Like my kids couldn't even be here. Y'all are just going to have to leave like <laughs> because you're going to destroy the house before Jesus comes in and like make sure we close the laundry room door because Jesus does not need to be seeing that room. Right. And so but here's the deal. Mary wasn't doing that. Mary was not busy with the dinner. She wasn't busy with all of these things. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, here's something that we don't often see. Women, it was not customary for women to be disciples mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. But yet Mary is taking the role of a disciple rather boldly and sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him and learning from him. And, and I think we can actually attach that to a lot of our thinking to where we think, I don't deserve or I don't have the right to receive. But Mary disregarded all of those things at that time. And Martha gets upset, which I think I probably would be too. Martha barges in and she's like, Lord, can you tell her to get up? Can you tell her to help me and to do some things? But Jesus says a really, really key phrase. He says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled mm. about all these details. But Mary has found the one thing that's worth paying attention to. And I'm not going to take it away from her. And I really feel like in my opinion that Jesus defined the meaning of life in that moment we can see it in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam. He just wanted to be with Adam. He wanted to do life together with Adam and tend the garden. That's really what we're on earth for mm -hmm. is closeness with Jesus. And if we can resist the urge to be distracted by all the details or to be denied by right or worth or fill in the blank, mm -hmm. and we will really key into just relationship with Jesus, bring him with us wherever we go, then we will find the rest, the rejuvenation, the strength, the fill in the blank that we need. Mm. You know, the interesting thing about Martha is she was doing, she was doing all the right things. I mean, she was doing good things. You know, she was taking care of Jesus and his disciples. It's not that she was doing anything wrong or bad. Uh, it's, I think the message there is that even in your good works, when the anxiety creeps in, you might need to slow down because works are, are good, but they're not the, we're, you know, we are created for good works, but they're not the primary thing. You have to have the relationship before the works have the value and the meaning. And, and, and to me, I see that and I go, even in your good works, don't overlook that one thing that is most important. 
And that's where the anxiety starts to melt away, I find. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think so too, for sure. And, and, and I, I actually, I like, I like what you're saying there because you're talking about that we're made for good works, but I think we get it backwards. I think that sometimes we put the good works first and then the relationship second. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like, our relationship with Jesus is something that we do instead of who we are, yeah. you know, and, and it's actually, we're not meant to do all of those things without him. We're not designed to carry that kind of burden on our frame. And, and I know I'm probably sounding like I'm just a repetitive record on Matthew 11 today, but it's just, man, it's just in my heart really strongly for, for whoever's listening today, actually, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, a yoke, now we're in Texas, right? So Randy, I know y'all are in, up north and mm-hmm. I'm down in the Houston region. So a yoke is something that you would put on two oxen. And, and a lot of the times they would have an older, more experienced oxen, and then they would have a younger, young gun that mm-hmm. wanted to, to go and mm-hmm. to, to, to work on. And the, the older oxen would pace out that younger oxen and say, no, no, you're yoked to me. They would be neck. Uh, it would, it's a wooden structure that would go across the, the oxen and that older oxen say, no, stay here with me, stay here with me, work with me, work at my pace. And that's really what life is designed to look like for the believer to walk with Jesus. Yeah. Very good. Very encouraging. Um, I don't know. There's a lot here. And so, you know, you, you need to just get the book. I was going to try to show you. I was struggling a little bit while, while she was talking to show you the website. We're having weird Internet issues here. So I will just point to the website there. Grace to grow dot TV. Uh, and Crystal, I appreciate your time and your insight. I'm going to give you the last word. Is there anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? I know we got Mother's Day coming up. You guys are doing an emphasis there. Uh, and since I can't show you the website, if there's anything you want to point out from it, feel free to do that. But uh, I appreciate, so appreciate your encouragement uh, and your insight and your passion for this. Um, but I'll give you the last word. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Yes, we Mother's Day is coming up. Grace to Grow. Did you, I don't know if you showed it while we were talking the book, but it yeah, does look I did. like this. And... Um, it makes a wonderful Mother's Day gift. And I really feel like a gift that has a lot more impact maybe than roses or some of these other traditional gifts that we get. But I just want to take a minute and speak over anyone that's listening today. If you feel like you're weighed down by whatever, whatever that may be, I encourage you to run to the Lord and and just go be with him wherever you are. Take a minute even now because scripture says that he is meek, he's lowly, he's gentle. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. Everything that you need is in him today. And he wants to take those loads off of you so that you can rest, so that you can be refreshed. And so I hope that you just take a minute and receive from him. Let him encourage you and refresh you. And then walk with him and have fun. Serving the Lord should be so much more fun than we let it be. Yeah, that is so true. So true. (laughs) And I can tell it's a joy with you. 
And that's wonderful. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much, Randy. Appreciate you guys out there. Uh, if this blessed you, share it with someone else. If you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, please do that so you'll get more notification. We're here to encourage you. Wonderful messages like this. So we appreciate you being here. Check out Grace to Grow wherever you get books. And we'll see you again next time. And abundance brings up grace.